Today's Sunday sermon has been made possible by the members of Southside Christian Fellowship Church and listeners like you. Thank you so much for your continued prayerful and financial support of this ministry. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and how to get involved, or simply want to give a gift, please just go to our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net today. Regardless of our gender, race, religion, or moral compass, we all have something in common. We all have mothers. I'm so excited to share with you stories of my childhood that helped shape the man I am today. I know many of you have similar stories. If not, I want to share my mother with you today. Thank you for choosing to listen today, and I hope you're blessed by this message, and I hope your Mother's Day was wonderful. The other people in our lives that we should be looking to are our mothers. They are hopefully, amen, they are hopefully a great source of advice for us, and I hope that they're all listening to God. I don't know that every day of my life my mother was listening to God because I annoyed the fool out of her sometimes, but I do want to wish her a happy Mother's Day, and I want to wish all the mothers a happy Mother's Day today, and today I am talking about uh, mothers. Uh, That would just be uh, crazy not to talk about mothers on Mother's Day, amen? Uh, you know, I want to address something first as I go into this. Dad kind of alluded to it. Some of you don't have your mothers with you anymore. And as I was praying about this sermon, over the years I've really grown. I've really started to understand more about people. And I've been very blessed in my life to have a mother and a father who have sought God for my life. And I realize that not everybody has had that. In fact, there are many women that are hopefully listening today because I want to bless you through my stories that either don't have a mother anymore because she's passed on or you've had children of your own that have passed on which has got to be one of the most uh, frustrating things to celebrate Mother's Day and not have your children with you. Maybe you were that mother that made a bad decision and you, you had to give a child up for adoption or you, had, or you made the decision to abort a baby. Maybe you left a baby on a doorstep. And, and, you know, I think the message today as we go through this is that Satan would have you believe that you, you've been relieved of your duties for making any of those kind of decisions. And the Lord wants you to know that's not true. That today is a new day. And today is a fresh start. And there are lots of people in this world, lots of children that need mothering. Not just physical mothering. They do need mothers. But they need spiritual mothers as well. And one of the best teaching tools we all have are from the mistakes that we've made. And so I just want to encourage you today as I go through some of these stories, you're going to hear a lot of really good things because i got to tell you something. I hope you're all jealous of me because I've had a phenomenal life. And part of that's because of my dad and the other part is because of my mother. You hear me talk constantly about my dad and my grandfather and the influence that they've been in my life, but I can honestly say that without my mother, I wouldn't even be here today. I'll give you a minute to think about that. But the great thing is that I can tell you that my mother was a helpmate to my father, and that doesn't mean that she was just second in command. I mean, that's, that's not what I mean at all. I mean that them working together is what helped raise me and make me the man I am today. So all the things that my dad did in my life were very influential and very helpful, but without the influence and help from my mother, I wouldn't be the person I am today. And so I just want to appreciate my mother, and I hope through this you can appreciate your mother even more because i got a feeling that some of you can identify with some of the things I'm going to say today. The scriptures that I'm going to talk with today are, are classic scriptures for mothers. The first one is in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, and it says, Honor your father and mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. And something I was studying helped me to realize this is a scripture that's so important it made God's top ten list. 
If you're old enough to remember David Letterman, he used to come on in, in, in late night TV and he used to have a top 10 list. And I didn't think about the fact God has a top 10 list. I'm referring to the Ten Commandments. The, this one was so important to him, it made God's top 10 list. So don't you think if it's important to God, it ought to be important to us? Amen? So it says, honor your father and mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. He liked it so much, he didn't just stop in the Old Testament. He went on the New Testament. He repeated himself. So over in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, and that you may live long on the earth. And both times he associated with long life on the earth. Now, if you had the kind of mama I did, that might mean God might take you, or if you pushed hard enough, your mama might take you. <laughs> Bill Cosby used to say, I brought you in this world, I'll take you out and make you another one look just like you. i got to be honest with you, I didn't really worry about that for my dad. It was my mama that I was worried about with that statement right there. And, and i got to tell you that it, it's so important to me that you guys know how special my mother is. And I want to I read some statements to you that did not come necessarily from my upbringing. And I didn't write this, but I related to it, and i got a feeling you can too. They're called, My Mother Taught Me Statements. See if you identify with any of these. My mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. She used to say, if you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning. <laughs> My mother taught me religion. She used to say, you better pray that that'll come out of the carpet. <laughs> My mother taught me about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of the next week. <laughs> My mother taught me logic because I said so. That's why. Hey, man, there you go. <laughs> some of these are real true. I probably could have written some of these. My mother taught me more logic. If you fall out of that swing and break your neck, you're not going to the store with me. My mother taught me irony. If you don't stop crying, I'll give you something to cry about. Here's just a few more. Let me give you, let me give you six more here. My mother taught me about the science of osmosis. Shut your mouth and eat your supper. You know, that reminds me of a true story. We'd been complaining quite a bit growing up as kids of, this, of the dinners that mom had been cooking, and she'd had enough, and she did something similar. I don't remember if she said, shut your mouth and eat your supper. But we knew that we better not complain not one more time. Unfortunately, during that dinner, as I'm drinking tea, it tastes god-awful. It's not just a little nasty. It is gross. It's so gross, I'm at the point I've decided it's worth risking my life to tell her how gross it is. However, I was not super brave, so I very timidly said, Mama, I, I really, I know we're not supposed to be complaining, and I, I'm not sure what else to do, but I, I just can't drink any more of this tea. It, it's, it's horrible. I, I'm sorry. It's, and I was scared because I'd let it out. I didn't know what was going to happen. She looked right at me, and she said, you know, I was thinking the same thing. Of course, I'm going, well, thank God, because maybe I'm not going to die tonight. And as she got to thinking about it, she goes, you know what, I better know what it is. She got up, went over to the coffee pot, because I don't know about you, but she would, she would make tea through the coffee maker, and she had run uh, water through it, and unfortunately, Dad had made coffee that morning, and she had forgotten to check it, and there were coffee grounds still in there. So I want you to know it was nasty, but she did make statements like that about shutting up and eating your supper. So, uh, you know, she said, your mother, uh, my mother taught me about stamina. You'll sit there until all the spinach is gone. My mother taught me about weather. This room of yours looks like a tornado went through it. She taught me about hypocrisy. If I told you once, I've told you a million times. Don't exaggerate. 
Some of you have to think about that one. She taught me about envy. Now, this one is key here. There are millions of less fortunate children in this world who don't have wonderful parents like you do. And then she taught me about anticipation, and my mother did use this one quite often. Just wait until your father gets home. You know what's funny about that statement to me? I'm telling you right now, my mother was the disciplinarian. I don't know why I was scared of my dad. He almost never punished us. Mama would put us on restriction for six years. Dad would come home and say, that's enough time after three hours and let us off the hook. You know? My mama got tired of spanking us, would send our dad in the room to spank us. He wouldn't want to do it, and he'd say, I'm going to hit this pillow. You just make a noise when I do. So I have no idea other than the fact that God put that fear in me of my dad. I think it was that idea that he was a big guy, and I just knew if he decided one day to take me out, he could. Thank God he didn't. But my mom was the disciplinarian, and that's what I want to do today. I actually want to tell you my true title, and I so wish that you guys could be here to see this right now because I made a really cool presentation today, and the true title of my message is, My Mother is Better Than Yours. I want to tell you about three stages of growing up with my mother, and I hope that you can relate to some, if not all, of this, because I'm telling you from the standpoint of these are great memories for me. These are fantastic memories for me. You know, in stage one, I was a kid. Growing up as a kid, I remember that uh, uh, the three stages, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, and then finally as an adult. In the first stage, my mom was very nurturing, and I got to thinking about that as I was reviewing this uh, sermon today, and I think many of you that know my mom today might find that a little bit odd to call her nurturing and I don't mean that to be an insult I just believe that after 45 years she's sick and tired of raising me she brought in some help 25 years ago and still hasn't been able to get away from being my mama and I just think she's tired I think that's why she's not as nurturing today but there was a time when I was growing up she was extremely nurturing to the point she stayed home with me as a uh, stay-at-home mom for for the first few years I contend to this day that's why I'm definitely raised and better than my brother's she, she wanted to be with me so much, she became my first grade teacher. Believe it or not, I did get all A's in that class. She loved me so much, she started working at whatever school I was at and chaperoning every trip I was on. Y'all are saying amen, I was saying oh my. Until my friends told me my mama was cool. Then I didn't mind her coming on every trip with me. Until then, I was ready to die and crawl up under the, the bleachers. But, but my mother has always been a nurturing mother. But during my teenage years, that would be phase two, she had to turn into more of the disciplinarian. I think that she definitely disciplined me as a young kid, but I think every teenager, especially in America, goes through these phases where they're just pushing back against the authority figures. And for me, that authority figure was my mother. Again, I told you that the fear of God had been put in, my, in me about my dad. I, I told you guys a story one time about us playing mercy down in Florida when I was younger and him accidentally going too far because he'd been holding back. And I realized at that point that I was wrong. I was not stronger than him and he could kill me anytime he wanted to. So it was at this point, I think the true fear of God got in me and I never questioned my dad again. To the point that when I was in high school and probably was a lot stronger than him and could have taken him, I didn't even think about it. I just knew that, that he would take me. I, I, he just did. And so I rebelled against my mother anytime I rebelled. I can remember one time we, uh, we were out on the baseball field and I wrote a statement in the sand, playing, uh, just, just you know how you do playing in the sand, and I said, I hate so-and-so. I don't remember who it was. And I can remember my mama coming over there 
and getting on to me for saying hate because hate is too strong of a word, which would be fine as a mother, but she went one step further and made me erase it and write dislike. I had to actually erase hate. Now, it's in the sand. Could have just erased it and been done with it. No, sir. She wanted to make sure the lesson got to me, so she made me erase it and write dislike. I remember another incident. I still to this day don't really understand why I made this decision, but we had a laundry room that was in the garage of the house. And so every time Mama would do laundry, she would wash it, she would dry it, she would fold it, and then she would call us. And all we had to do was come get our laundry and go put it up in our drawers. But no, that was too much for me that day. I'd had enough of her and all her chores and demands and requirements. And so I told her I was done with this, and I took the socks and threw them at her, and I walked out. I don't really remember what happened after that. I'm not sure if I've blocked that from my memory. I don't know if I got knocked into next week, as we talked about earlier. But again, you can see the ridiculousness of that statement. My mother washed my clothes, dried my clothes, and folded my clothes, and I couldn't bring myself to even put them away. That's what she was putting up with. She was getting all of my disdain and dislike. And probably, as I think about it right now, probably even more irritated because I'm sure I was singing my daddy's praises. Because why not? You always sing the praises of the guy letting you off the hook all the time. And so she's putting up with all this, and she hasn't given up on us. Why? Because that was her job. She knew what her job was, and she loved her job, despite all of the obstacles that stood in her way. And I got a feeling that many of you today can relate to that. Your mamas loved you. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yeah. And they put up with all of your stuff. And that's one of the things I want to really encourage you. If you don't have the best relationship with your parents today, with your mother especially, today's a new day, a fresh start. It's time to make up. It's time to forgive, and it's time to get back together. You know, the Bible said to honor your mother. It didn't say honor your mother if she does this, this, and this. Chances are pretty good she's already done a lot of things for you you may not have even thought about. God put that mother in your life for a reason. I can remember at the age of 15, we moved to Conyers, and we would drive from Conyers to Henry County to go to school. And uh, mother and I had kind of gotten into a fight that morning. I don't really remember what it was about. I think it's the typical pushing back and forth between a boy trying to grow up and not respecting his mama at the time. And, and that in itself is a miracle that she didn't just kill me or leave me on the side of the road right there for that. <laughs> but school was over. We were riding back home, and uh, she, she wanted to address the situation with me again. Now, thinking back on this, she didn't come at me with both barrels blazing. She just she entered the conversation because she needed to correct an action I was taking that was wrong. And I didn't want to hear it. And I explained to her, no uncertain terms, that I'd had enough. And when we get done and get home, I just think I'll just leave. So my mother decided we wouldn't wait until we got home. If I was going to leave, I could get out right then. I said, whatever. I called her bluff. That was a mistake. She pulled that truck over. She put it in park. I think she put it in part. She might not even put it in park. I don't really remember that part. And she said, we're not waiting until we get home. If you want to leave, you can get out now. I, I didn't know what to do. So I got out the truck. But I didn't let go of the door handle. Because I wasn't 100% sure. And to this day, I believe 100% she would have left and gone home. She might have come back to get me. I don't know.
But thank God I have a mama who did give me wisdom. And I thought back to some other events in my life. And the wisdom of God began to just flow all over me. And I realized, you know what? I don't think I have it as bad as I'm making it out right now. Maybe I'm wrong in this situation. And evidently, Mama could see right through me because she's, you could see her thinking. And she looks right at me. She goes, now, if you'd like to get back in this truck and apologize to me, I can think about not telling your daddy. I want you to know it didn't take me long to come up with the right answer there. I put both feet back in that truck, and I said, Mama, you know, that sounds like a great idea. I want you to know I am sorry, and I would love it if you would keep this between me and you. Those are the kind of things my mama put up with. And you know what? She did keep it between us. I don't, if she told my dad, she told him not to tell me because I, I never got in trouble with my dad for that. And that is something that I learned later on that for as much as my dad would give in, that was one of those areas you didn't mess with. If you messed with mama and that got back to dad, it, it, you were done. He, he, would, he would tear you up because you upset her. And so I know that he, she must not have told him because he didn't tear me up for it. That's the kind of things my mama would do. And through that, she would teach me lessons left and right. I know that through my teenage years, she also helped get me into one of the most prestigious universities that to this day, it had to be God and my mama because there's no way I should have made it into Emory University. I have a degree from Emory University at my house somewhere. I, I don't know where it is right now. <laughs> it's upstairs, I'm told. All I knew was the next step was college. Let, let me explain to you how little I knew about going to college. I have a business degree from Emory University. Would you like to know why I have a business degree from Emory University? Because when I was done with my first two years, the business school came around recruiting for the business school of Emory, and they told me they didn't do classes on Friday. And that sounded like a great program for me. That was my thought process on college and getting a degree. But as a result of the decision to, make, to listen to my mama, and her looking out for me. And I'm telling you right now, as much as I love my daddy, if it was up to my daddy, I would not have that degree. My mama put in the work to get that degree for me. Now, she did help me write one paper, and we got a D on it, and so I did not ask her to write any more of those. But it was in math, and she still claims that I didn't give her the full directions, which is probably true. However, she got me in. She got the financial aid, which after going through this a couple times and doing financial aid paperwork, which is actually streamlined more now than it used to be, Oh, man, thank you, Mama, thank you, Mama, thank you, Mama. I am so sick of doing paperwork for FAFSA, I'm about blue in the face. And so I just appreciate you for doing that right there. But she, she helped get me into Emory University when I didn't have a clue what was going on. And as a result of getting that degree, it opened up other doors for me down the line. She also introduced me to my wife. Then she talked my wife into dating me. Because she had enough foresight to know that was the right girl for me. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Kids, the one decision that I made, the best decision I ever made in my life was to listen to the guidance and direction of my mom and dad. I, I will honestly say that I did make that right decision right there. It's made a little tougher when I'm 45 asking them what to do and they're telling me I'm a grown man. But, and I should be able to make my own decisions. However, growing up, it made for some very good results because they prayed for me. They prayed to God what should be for me in my, my life and they looked out for me. And because I listened to them, I'm telling you, I have the best relationship you could ever imagine, not just with my dad, but with my mom and with my wife. And that's as a result of my mom right there. Like I said, I'm not kidding when I say she introduced me to my wife and she talked my wife into dating me and marrying me. Amen. Then we come to the adult years. 
I use that term loosely. My wife still tells me I'm not growing up. And this is what I, I titled Stage 3, She Became My Advisor. And I don't know if that encapsulates everything that she does for me, but my mom had enough, I don't know, just she understood her job so well that at each stage I began to see she knew what hat to put on. She knew when I was younger I needed that nurturing side. I needed her to just take care of my every need. Then as I started growing up, she knew I needed her to be a disciplinarian. And she wasn't afraid to do that job. And she was okay doing that job in spite of all of the backlash and all of the negatives she got from me. I didn't even get into it with my brothers, but she dealt with me and my brothers and took all of that stuff. And then as an adult, she was able to pull back and let me be the adult, but still be there for me if I needed her. And that, that to me is just amazing. It's amazing to be able to pull back and to allow your children to go forward and make their own mistakes. I'm, I'm getting into some of that now, and it's hard. It's hard to see your 21-year-old son or your 20-year-old son or even your 16-year-old son make a decision that you know may not be the best for them. And you try to advise them. But especially in my Eddie and my Hunter's case, I have to pull back and allow them to make some of their own decisions. I can't imagine what mama's gone through to watch me go through these stages of my life and my brothers. That's amazing. That's amazing what she has done as a mother. And I got a feeling that your mama has been doing some of the same things. As an adult, my mom has always had an open door policy. And the cool thing is as she's gotten older, she's taking great pride in being the enabler. She was the disciplinarian, but now she's the enabler. I had to ask her and beg her to stop feeding sugar to my kids when they were younger and asked her why, where was this treatment when I was growing up? I'm sure you've had that same experience. You go to your parents' house, they're taking care of your kids now for the night, you're excited, but they're giving in to everything they want. They buy them all the toys, they feed them all the ice cream, they say no to nothing. Amen. And I want to know where you were when I was growing up. You said no to everything. So in this case, she has become the enabler, and she is loving every minute of it. She has enjoyed being a shoulder for me to cry on, and I have enjoyed having her there in times of need, even as an adult. She's been my agent as an adult. If you don't know what that is, that's a job getter. See, I, I got all the jobs only after she told me where to apply. When I got my job in teaching, which I'll go ahead and tell you was the second best job I've ever had in my life and the, the last job in the world I thought I wanted, it was because of my mama. She knew I'd be good at it. I didn't understand that. In fact, I've told you many times we had an elder at the church many years ago and I was the children's pastor at the time. And he said, Herman, I think you need to go be a substitute teacher and get in with the kids. And I said, I appreciate that advice, but I don't think you heard from God on that. I don't see that in my future, but thank you very much. He was right then, and Mama knew that would be a great fit for me as well. So I was getting very, I just wasn't happy in the job I was at. I was at a, a bank, and I just wasn't happy. And so she contacted me and told me they had a job opening at the school. Would I be interested? I said, sure, I can do that for a few months just to, you know, kind of figure out what I want to do next in my life. Fifteen and a half years later, I finally retired from teaching and went into ministry. That's how much I uh, loved that job, and that's how much my Mama knew I would love that job. 
I thought I got that job. I didn't realize I, I did get that job, but let me rephrase it. I thought I got that job because of all my mad skills, my Emory University degree, my three and a half years of children's church work, which does not compare to teaching in a school system, I will tell you now. I got to send them home each Sunday after a couple hours. They kept coming back every day at the school system. And the ones that were the toughest to deal with got perfect attendance. I just want you to know it was difficult. But I loved every minute of it. I thoroughly enjoyed teaching, and I loved those kids, and I loved being able to, to impart wisdom to them. But as I looked back, I realized the reason the principal hired me had nothing to do with me. It had, let me rephrase that. It did have something to do with me. It had to do with the fact that I was related to my mama. And he loved my mama. And he knew how good my mama was. And his thought was, if she's that good, he must be that good. And I'm telling you, that is why I got the job. Now, I was able to kind of make a name for myself as the years went on. And then principals and other people began to see me for who I was. But had it not been for my mama, the door would have never opened for me at all. And I got a feeling you're in the same boat. I got a feeling that you got doors that have been opened for you because of your mama, if you'll think back on it as well. Amen? She has been a phenomenal nana. And I think she's enjoyed every minute of, of being a grandmother. And Levi, I will tell you, especially as a result of your nana, we have three kids. I don't know that we'd have made it to three without her uh, encouragement. So you might want to really love on your nana. But the thing I remember most about my mama, and she may not realize this, but I really don't remember my mama as a complainer. I'm not saying she didn't have days. I just told you lots of stories. You'd have many days, too, where you wanted to complain. But I don't really remember my mama being a complainer. And as I read Ephesians 6, I went back to verse 4. I read verses 1 through 3 about honoring your father and your mother. And it occurred to me that in verse 4, Paul says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. What do you notice is missing from that verse? Mothers. Well, maybe he was just being generic, and fathers doesn't mean the male part. Well, then why did he mention mothers just one verse before? So he left mothers out for one of two reasons. It's the only thing I can gather. Either one, Paul knew that mothers really didn't need to be told not to provoke their children to anger, that they were smart enough to know not to do that. Or he was giving them free reign to provoke the mess out of them until they got angry because he knew what they would be putting up with throughout life. I don't know which one Paul was referring to there. But either way, I know that he left mothers out of that statement right there. But despite all of that, I, I really do not remember my mother complaining. I'm sure she had bad days, just like we all do. You know, one of the things I remember the most about my mama, and I hope you can relate to this, is as a result of my mama, I, I have a personal relationship with Jesus. My dad was very influential in that as well. But without my mama, I know that I would not have the relationship with Jesus that I have today. You see, I saw my mama sing in the church and in the house. I saw her dance, and I saw her celebrate, and I saw her enjoy God. And I shouldn't say saw past tense because I still see that. If it wasn't for her broken leg right now, I'm sure she'd be doing the same thing today. You know, I saw my mama do these things. She didn't just tell me how to do them. She did them herself. I got to see them in words and in actions. And that's why my relationship with Jesus is as strong as it is today is because of my mother and what I've seen her do. When I think back about just raising me and my brothers, I have, I have 
even more respect for her today after raising three kids of my own. I don't know how she did it all. I really don't. I, I'll just tell on Dad. I think he's told on himself a little bit. Now, he complains every once in a while. It's Mother's Day. I'll make up later. In fact, he was complaining not too long about how sick he was of making dinners. He was ready for my mama to get better so she can make dinner again. But I think God, me, or mama, or all three of us reminded him that mama had been cooking dinners for 40 years. It's about time he could cook for a couple of months. He needed to stop complaining. So he has stopped complaining. He's, he's cooking willingly and doing a lot of stuff and enjoying himself. I really don't remember my mama complaining about those things. She cooked all the time. She, she took us to ballparks. I mean, I'm talking all over the country for, for baseball, uh, for football, for band, for whatever we wanted to do. I don't remember them ever saying no to, some, to those things. Um, I, I remember my mother always being there. The house, for the most part, stayed very clean. They tell me it got very, very clean when I left, but they, they, it stayed pretty clean even while growing up. And my mom did all of this, and I don't remember her complaining. You know, a few years ago, she did start believing some of the lies that Satan was feeding her. And she came to me, and she just apologized. And I didn't understand what she was apologizing for. She said, I just apologize for being a bad mother. I just, I should have done better. And I was seriously dumbfounded. I wasn't joking. It wasn't a look of, what do I say because this is awkward. It was, I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I truly could not figure out where she was coming from. And so I, I thought back to that statement later on. And I began to think back through my childhood and I tried to figure out what she was talking about. Were there days that were just, was she a bad mom at any time? And I really honestly could not come up with a single example. I'm not going to say that every day was just peachy, perfect, and awesome. I mean, it's a natural relationship between a son and his mother, and you get frustrated with your mama. But I can't remember those days. Because my mother was the disciplinarian and did the things she was supposed to, our relationship is even better today because I really don't remember any times that she was mean or bad or rude or anything. I, I'm thankful for the upbringing I have, and I'm thankful for the decisions she had to make, good or bad, hard, difficult, whatever the case may be. And so I just began to work on her, and Josh worked on her, and David worked on her. We just told her this is ridiculous. This is a lie from the enemy. And i got to believe she's not the only mother that's gone through that. And I just want to tell you today that, that your job is difficult as moms. For Tammy, she has to raise four boys. We only have three sons, so I'll let you do the math there. And I see a lot of those same traits in her. And I just, I'm amazed. I, we were joking the other day, maybe it was yesterday, and I wasn't joking at first. But I had taken out a bag of trash, picked up a couple different items in the house, and Later on, we were sitting there, and she didn't say anything about it. So I made sure she knew that I had taken out that bag of trash and those couple pieces of whatever I rearranged, I did. And it occurred to me at that moment that uh, she never tells me when she does stuff. I just walk in, and, you know, the house is clean or the thing's done, and, you know, I have ice in my cup because she just knew that's what I wanted. I didn't ask her for it, I promise. She just did it out of the kindness of her heart. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting frustrated because she didn't recognize I took out one bag of trash. And I got to thinking, you know, a lot of moms are like that. Maybe your mom was like that. You know, I'm sure that she did so much for you. My mother 
gets so mad at me and my brothers for comparing her to Marie Barone. <laughs> Amen. Amen. She has no idea how many times Josh and I and probably David have, have withheld our comments because we know it irritates her. But Marie Barone is the, the overbearing, intrusive mother on Everybody Loves Raymond, if you've never seen that show. Uh, she's similar to Beverly Goldberg in a way. Uh, that's a little more current reference today uh, with the Goldbergs. But Marie Barone, that was my mama. But I, I finally figured out what was going on. My mother saw this ridiculous woman that was constantly doing things that she didn't need to do. She was constantly in Ray's life and was annoying. All my brothers and I saw was a mother that loved us so much that she'd do anything she could to be with us, to help us out, to make our lives easier. We weren't seeing it as Marie Brown a bad mother. We saw the opposite. We loved the fact that our mom was similar to her. And we also knew it was comedic value, so she was going way over the top because it was comedy. We weren't seeing that part of it. That's what my mama was seeing. We were seeing how much Marie loved her kids that she'd do anything in the world for them. And that reminded me of my mama. My mama to this day loves me so much, she will break her neck to help me out. Growing up, it didn't always seem that way, and I realized later that's because she had to make tough decisions because she knew my future depended on it. She didn't want to come down hard on me and be the disciplinarian, but she had to do that because she knew that's what was best for me for my future. And so now today she doesn't have to do that with me anymore and she's able to enjoy what she wants to enjoy and that's me and my brothers. There are times I really do have to back off and make sure I'm not taking advantage of her because she'll say yes to just about anything. And so that's why we compare her to Marie Barone. Not because we see a bad thing, we see a good thing. We see a great mom. It reminds me of the scripture in Proverbs. Proverbs 31, 28 and 29 says, Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Now, I have ad-libbed this just a little bit. Many women have done it excellently, but you, Sue Mason, Mama, have surpassed them all. You know, as I begin to close here today, I, I, my heart breaks for those of you that have never had that relationship with your mother. Thank God I can't relate to that. I praise God every day. Many of you are new mamas, and you have a chance to be that mama to your kids, and I just encourage you to do that. You may not always get it right, but I'm telling you, I'm standing here today, my mother will tell you she didn't get it right every time, but I don't remember that. Your kids won't remember that part. All they're going to remember is that you stood up and did what they needed for their future, for God to be in their lives. That's what they're going to remember. So you make those hard decisions. You do what God tells you to do and trust that when they grow up, they'll stand up and proclaim your love for them to everybody as well. I read this article about myths of motherhood, and as I close, I thought, this, I thought this fit very well. And I just want to read these myths to you, and then I'm going to finish up with some, some statements that I, I want you to think about as we close today. But here's some myths. Somebody said that a child is carried in its mother's womb for nine months. Somebody doesn't know that a child is carried in its mother's heart forever. Somebody said it takes about six weeks to get back to normal after you've had a baby. Somebody doesn't know that once you're a mother, normal is history. Somebody said you learn how to be a mother by instinct. Somebody never took a three-year-old shopping. Somebody said being a mother is boring. Somebody never rode in a car driven by a teenager with a driver's permit. Somebody said good mothers never raise their voices. Somebody never came out the back door just in time to see her child hit a golf ball through the neighbor's kitchen window.
Somebody said you don't need an education to be a mother. Somebody never helped a fourth grader with his math. Somebody said you can't love the fifth child as much as you love the first. Somebody doesn't have five children. Somebody said a mother can find all the answers to her child-rearing questions in the books. Somebody never had a child stuff beans up her nose. Four more. Somebody said the hardest part of being a mother is labor and delivery. Somebody never watched her baby get on the bus for the first day of kindergarten. Somebody said a mother can stop worrying after her child gets married. Somebody doesn't know that marriage adds a new son or daughter-in-law to a mother's heartstrings. Somebody said a mother's job is done when her last child leaves home. Somebody never had a grandchild. And somebody said your mother knows you love her, so you don't need to tell her. Somebody isn't a mother. Maybe today you're the mother who didn't always do what was right for your kids. And I want to tell you today is a new day. Start again. Maybe your kids don't show their love or respect for you. Never stop praying for them. We serve an awesome God. Maybe your mother didn't always do what was right for you. Forgive just like God forgives us. Maybe you haven't shown your mother the love and respect she deserves. Today is a new day. Start now. Maybe you aren't a mother because you can't have children. You can always be a spiritual mother. We always need good spiritual mothers. And I also want to add on that, don't give up hope. There are many, many parents out there that were told they couldn't have children, only to pray and ask God that now have children today. Amen. Don't lose faith in that fight. Maybe you aren't a mother because you're a man. Support, support, support. Adam and Eve were helpmates. Maybe you've lost children to death. Again, your job is not over. You can be a spiritual mother. Maybe you've lost children due to some bad decisions you've made. Somebody took them away or you gave them up for adoption, had an abortion, even left them somewhere. Again, today is a new day. Start again. Become the mother God wants you to be. Teach others to learn from your mistakes. I would also encourage you to seek God's counsel, godly counsel, to begin the healing process. There's, a, there's healing that needs to take place there. Just a few more here I want you to think about. Maybe you don't know how to be a good mother. You need to find a good spiritual mother. Start today. Begin to read about some of those good mothers in the Bible. Think about Mary and how much she did just to bring our Savior into the world. She faced imminent death and still made the decision to have Jesus. My children are all grown up. That doesn't mean you're not a mother. Your duties have simply shifted. Be a spiritual mother, and when the day comes, a grandmother. I made mistakes. I didn't raise my kids right. Now they're all grown up. Today's a new day. Start fresh. Begin to use your stories to help another mother who's headed down the same path. Show them how to correct the mistakes you made. Show them how to put God first. Your job as a mother is not over. Lots of children need a mother. Lots of people need spiritual mothers as well. Maybe my mother really was better than yours. Today I'd like to share my mother with you. If you need to know what it means to be a good godly mother, if you need help in that area, I'm telling you, contact my mother. She'll tell you some mistakes she made, but she'll tell you the lessons she learned from it and how you can do better. If you need a spiritual mother, I want to share my mother with you today. If you need a mother because your mother has passed on, I want to share my mother with you today. I really do think my mother is better than yours, and I hope that every one of you can say that to everybody. 
I hope you can look at somebody today and say my mother's better than yours. And that to me is the ultimate blessing from God. Isn't that so cool how God can put that exact same thought and feeling in each and every one of us? So, so much so we feel like we're the most important to God. We got people that call themselves God's favorite. And we all can feel that way because we serve a mighty God, a God that my mother introduced me to and showed me about. And I can stand up here and think that she is the best mother of all time. And you can think your mother is the best of all time and we can both be right because of the mighty God that we serve. I want to encourage you today on this Mother's Day to please, please, please honor and respect your mother, love your mother, if need be, forgive your mother, and just let God enter into that relationship and just enjoy this day and celebrate what God set up at the very beginning of time. He set up motherhood. And we should all be thankful for that because one of the things we all have in common, we all have a mama. And that's thanks to God. How about just bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Let's go to God in prayer. Father, I thank you for today. Lord, I always thank you for your many blessings of life, none more important than our mothers. Lord, we thank you for mothers. We thank you that they were there in our times of need, our times of hurt, our times of want, that they're there to pick us up when we fall down. They're there to love us. They're there to take all of our bad thoughts and bad ideas and bad decisions and love us and see them through. Help us to make better decisions. Lord, thank you for mothers. Thank you that we can each look at everybody else and say, my mother is better than yours. Thank you for that. Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you, Father. Lord, I pray right now that you would just begin to provide healing to those that need healing. If they've lost their mother... They've lost a child. They don't have the best relationship with their mother. Lord, I pray healing right now in the mighty name of Jesus, that today would be a new day, that it would be a fresh start, that it would be a blank page and a new chapter in their life's journey, that, Lord God, that relationship would become back and it would be become whole, and, that, Lord God, you would be what binds them together. Father, I just pray that right now. Lord, I just pray for peace throughout this land, Father God. We say thank you again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.